COVID-19 continues to disrupt our lives. It keeps us from doing all the activities we would like, visiting the people we would like, and really just prevents us from being as normal as possible. And to add on top of that, we are approaching the winter months here. Our clocks go back this weekend, and that, of course, leads to many people suffering from seasonal affective disorder, or the SADS, if you will. To talk more about this, I'm pleased to welcome to the show the director of the Scientific Advisory Board of the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance from Chicago. He's also the head of Mood Disorders at the University Health Network and CEO of AltMed, Dr. Roger McIntyre. Dr. McIntyre, thank you so much for the time. It's a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for covering this topic. So important. Very important. And and I guess I'll just start with this question. How worried are you for people here as we approach these winter months that not only are we dealing with the uh, you know side effects of COVID-19 from a mental standpoint, but now we're going to have to worry about the seasonal affective disorder here as well? I'm so glad the way you just introduced that question, because you are speaking to the many dimensions of COVID-19 not only a public health crisis, but a economic and mental health crisis. I call this the triple threat. And then along with that, you saw just this week, our Canadian government announcing an increase in opioid deaths across the country, including British Columbia, a tragic and unacceptable consequence of what's happening during COVID. Then what happens, thanks to, uh, I guess, the galaxy and the way our Earth is located, we actually, where we live, we have shorter days upon us. And you're right. Seasonal depression is more common in some of the more northern climates, like Canada. And that, along with the fact that uh, we're seeing an uptick in the infection rate in the community and increasing restriction on mobility, is adding up to a lot of despair and only adding to the raft of uncertainty that our population is faced with on a daily basis. So how, how worried are you based on all of that information that you just laid out and, and obviously what we're expecting here in the coming months? Are you worried? Like How worried are you about people's mental health as we continue to go through this crisis? I'm frankly categorically beyond worried. I think this is code red, frankly, to be blunt with you. Um, I have, uh, like everybody else, been doing what we can to obviously protect ourselves and uh, from the infection. And this has been a, an incredibly contagious virus. And we're all, I think, uh, seeing uh, these upticks in numbers. What we're also, in fact, aware of is that this is a assault on the population's mental health, that the record books have no uh, recording like this. There's nothing like this. Going back to the Great Recession, other parts of the world, Asian financial crisis, Great Depression, World War II. My goodness, it's very hard to find anything quite like this where you have all these things happening. Now, I think as we are going forward, remember what the World Health Organization said, that health is not just physical health. It's your mental health and social well-being. That's the definition of health. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure as Canadians and people around the world that we are preserving our health. Now, the risk of this is obvious. Health is about balancing the risk with resiliency. That's what we call it. How can you boost your resiliency? Well, it means structuring your day. Things are very basic. Structure your day. Get your sleep. Get your exercise. And one of the points I really want to emphasize is portion control, not just on food and booze. But we've discovered in research we did in Asia that people who spend more time on social media, more time, hours and hours, five, six, seven hours a day, are more likely to be depressed, anxious, 
having insomnia, having post-traumatic stress. It's bad for your health. So in other words, we want to find connections with people that are meaningful, that are important. And this is a little more difficult, of course, nowadays, but we have the technology and platforms. So there are things that we can do. This isn't like this needs to happen. Moreover, in BC and right across the country, there are, in fact, uh, services available, uh, what I'll call psychiatric first aid. So, in fact, go and see people if you're in distress. Uh, clinics are open, uh, and they have all the appropriate you know, health protection in place. You shouldn't be hesitant. Go to the clinics. Go to the hospitals. Go to the emergency room if you're in a very serious crisis. And people there would be delighted to be with you and help you. And I, I'm just concerned because the report that came out this week is indicating people are not going to the hospitals. They're not going to the clinics. And uh, I can tell you as a healthcare provider, people would be very, very uh, uh, pleased to help uh, others who are in stress at this time. Now, outside uh, of going and visiting professionals, obviously, if people need help, they should go out and seek help. That is something that probably can't be said often enough. But what can people do to try to avoid that? I guess try to avoid feeling the sads in the first place. What sort of, um, you know, advice do you give to people to make sure that they are continuing to, you know, go out and get exercise, see the sunshine, and like you mentioned, not spend too much time on social media, which can be a real downer? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also what people need to do is people need to find, it's not easy to do, but people need to find purpose. They need to find something that gives them, you know, a source of pleasure. And I don't mean booze and drugs. Uh, uh, I mean, find something that's non-booze and non-drug related that gives you pleasure. And that could be with friends, if you know, in social connection. It could be the arts. It could be, in fact, if and many folks find a lot of solace and comfort in their religious uh, institution or their, you know, uh, their, their religious uh, prayers of worship and so on. I think that's something we don't press the point strong enough, because what we've learned, this is something we have to take a little bit of science here to inform the recommendation. The science tells us that people are more likely to navigate successfully stressful events if they have a good social support network. Now, social support network doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a BFF, but that could be a social support network. It can also mean a church or a mosque or uh, it, it doesn't matter. But you, you, a place of worship, it could be a community center, fine places. What we're also hearing from a lot of people is that pursuing arts, I mean, to the extent you're interested in these things, uh, this gives people a sense of, of purpose. Because what we're hearing from people is not only the stress of the virus, the economy, uh, you know, uh, what's happening, the quarantine and the, you know, stay at home and this type of thing. But what's really cancerous throughout all this is the malignant uncertainty. The uncertainty in part because of the political nonsense. You know, it's, it's, it's so much nonsense out there right now. Nobody knows who to believe, what to believe. There's contradictory information. And so people have so much uncertainty, and I, and I don't recall a time in my life where the science has been so, politi- uh, has been so politicized. Um, so anyhow, this uncertainty is only adding further salt to the wound. And so I think, in fact, to the degree to which you structure your life, you're bringing ownership back to you, and you have interpersonal connectedness that's meaningful to people, because people are feeling a lot of despair, a lot of meaningless in their life. And the survey this week says that there's been about a 25 to 30% drop in happiness amongst Canadians. They're not happy. They're in a lot of despair. And so I think these types of feelings of purpose 
whether it's through interpersonal, through family, if you have that, many people don't, and or through artistic or so-called uh, humanities pursuits. These things people are saying are really helping them. Is there a particular group of people that maybe you're more worried about than others or, or who are more susceptible? I assume it's probably those who are older or elderly who, you know, maybe in, in long-term care homes or, or in some sort of assisted living homes, right, where they don't get a chance to get out as much, they don't get as many visitors. And, of course, with COVID-19, you're, there's really a reduction in the amount of people that are actually allowed to come and visit these individuals. Is that sort of the, the, the age group that would probably be most concerning when it comes to uh, mental health concerns? And I don't want to single out any one group because we all of course are susceptible to this but i would assume those in the older demographic are maybe a little bit more susceptible than others you know what's interesting about that is look i think that i would take uh the approach that the literature is saying that nobody is off the hook this is stressing everybody out basically from the kids all the way to the very elderly and of course we've heard about the increased vulnerability in the elderly to the complications of the virus and hospitalization of the vi- with the virus. But when it comes to mental health, we've got some literature now. We've done some work on this. Others have as well. Oxfam has contributed to this. The report this week by our Canadian public health uh, people uh, that was announced this week also can all come together and are in unison. Here's what we found. The groups that are most at risk of having mental health-related problems during this time are younger people, people under the age of 25. Secondly, women. Women are more often uh, negatively affected by this crisis than are men. Thirdly, our racial and ethnic minorities are more often negatively affected uh, than are Caucasian people in our society. And then finally, people who have lower socioeconomic status. And again, these are not all mutually exclusive. So younger people, women, ethnic and racial minority groups, and people in lower socioeconomic are the ones most likely to report overwhelming stress, post-traumatic stress, depression, and anxiety during this time. So I think your question is, is, is a critical question because, like anything else in life, we have to be strategic and we want to know who's at greater risk than others. Uh, that doesn't mean we ignore the others. It just means that we make sure we allocate our resources and attention proportionately. And that is the groups I think we really need to be especially sensitive to. Dr. McIntyre, I really appreciate you taking the time. I think this is a very important subject, especially as we do, uh, you know, change our clocks back here this weekend. And I know in, in, in Kamloops here, we're going to be seeing the sunset by 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, if you're not a morning person, you're not going to get a whole lot of sunlight. So I have, I have some concerns for people in the coming weeks, and this is a very important topic, I think, to bring up, particularly at this time. Anything else that uh, you do want to throw on the table while I have you? One final comment, and it's... Uh it's one about malignant uncertainty. Remember, I spoke to that. One way to reduce the uncertainty is to have a more internal, what we call locus of control. Take control of your life, structure your day, plan your day, uh, prescribe to yourself behaviors and activities that are meaningful. It all sounds, people will be listening to this saying, you know, this sounds pretty basic. Mm-hmm. It is basic and it works. It works. And so that, along with what you and I mentioned earlier, don't uh, don't uh, uh, stay at home if you're in crisis. Reach out. People are happy to help. And I think that uh, the literature has shown that when people do these things, they can really boost their resiliency. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. And uh, hopefully people can uh, stay mentally well out there.
Thanks for covering the topic. I really appreciate it. Take care now.